See Sweet and Sour, powered by Align, the podcast where we talk about the sweet and not-so-sweet sides of leadership. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to See Sweet and Sour. I do not know which episode this is. We've been recording so many. It's probably like 11 or something. What do you think, Jeff? 12. This is 12. 12. Okay, 12. It's probably not, but maybe you're right. Uh, 50-50. No, I am uh, very, very, very privileged and happy to host Jeff Wadholm. Uh, he is a strategic operator, ERG leader, and D&I advocate, is driven by curiosity and a passion for international leadership aimed at team acceleration and capability building. Yes, a lot of business buzzwords, but we're going to do this because, Jeff, you've done a lot of stuff. And uh, people deserve to know what you've done. Uh, with the domain of expertise and GDM strategy, business operations, and corporate finance, Jeff is married to a keen desire to continue to learn, lead, and develop. Are you married to anything else, Jeff? Uh, no, I actually like the he's done a lot of stuff thing. That's probably a better description. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's fueled. Uh, he's fueled by high growth SaaS environments. Has a deep, deep experience with leading private equity lead to cash transformation, and two-sided marketplaces. Jeff is a master of thinking strategically, delivering tactically, and leading intentionally. I actually like that sentence. I got to say, you know, as buzzy as it is, yeah. it, 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 has some, it has some oomph to it. It's the only good one. The rest of it's all garbage. The rest of it all is garbage? All right, we're still going to go through it, Jeff. I like it. We're still going to go through it. Uh, he believes that making a career should be fun and a fulfilling journey. I, I, I truly believe in that as well. Furthermore, Jeff is proud recipient of the 2018 Denver Business Journal, Ford Under Fording. Yes, we're aging you, Jeff, <laughs> which, which speaks volumes about his exceptional leadership and contribution to his field. We are thrilled to have Jeff with us today, and we're excited to dive deeper into his insights in intentional, intentional leadership, yeah. team acceleration, mm -hmm. and capabil capability building. So without further ado... I may have been 30 in 2018. So okay. I, I could have been 25. I was under 40. That's all we know. It, it is. It is under 40. Right. Although there are 30 under 30s. There is, yeah. After that intro, probably the best one so far we've had. Great. Hi, Jeff. How's it going? Hey, Phil. It's great. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Yes, it is Friday when we're recording this. It'll actually, it'll be Friday when we release this because we release these on Fridays. So up. amazing. It works. Okay. I excuse everybody for my raspy voice. Uh, last episode, I had the same issue. Laryngitis, getting better, drinking some tea. You probably won't see this because it won't be in the snippet, but I got tea right here. It actually says world's best of dad. I love that. Right? Wow. Um, you did it. I just had, just had number three uh, a week ago. Exactly a week ago. So congrats to me. You're insane for doing this a week later. Thank you. That's actually my wife who's insane. Yes. Uh, she is super mom. I don't know how to explain it any other way. And also the community that I have around me, which is really helping. I personally have issues when it comes to giving me charity. I'm always the person giving, giving, giving. And and I've realized that uh, even though this is not charity, this is just people helping out because they they care about me. You want to. And yeah, it's it's amazing. So I'm very, very, very lucky to have an amazing wife. I'm going to make sure she hears this. And in the community around me, I'll make sure they hear it as well. It takes a village. Uh, it takes a village. Yes, it does, it does take a village, and, and it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. So, Jeff, I kind of want to talk to you about leadership. Obviously, this is a leadership podcast. Uh, you have around 20 years of experience, from my understanding. One of the things I kind of want to touch on first is, is hybrid work. Right now, after all it's been through, right? You, we've both been through before, post and post and, 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 uh, uh, sorry, pre and post pandemic or whatever we want to call this thing, even though well, you know it was, but whatever we want to call it business-wise, it's different now. Uh, how are you dealing with it and how do you think others should? Yeah, 
Well, we're both, we're both sitting in our guest bedrooms or some home office. So, you know, bingo, the season. guest bedrooms. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I have a perspective here and, you know, my perspective on the impact of COVID is, you know, we've spent a lot of time focused on what was taken away from us, our privileges and the ability to do these things and having to wear these masks. And I, I like to take a look at the other side of it. And, you know, for me personally, and I think a lot of my teammates, the gift of COVID was the, was the gift of not commuting, of not being required to be button seats somewhere. There's been a lot, right? More time with your family, Certainly, you know, we had a, a small time where there was less time with your friends, but, but that is, you know, as you are doing less business travel, less commuting, more opportunities to live a different life. And so, you know, my perspective on the shift to hybrid slash remote work has been, you know, mostly positive. And, and I recognize that, you know, we all have these different experiences and they, they're kind of based on your home life and the setup and how comfortable you are. But what I think is really interesting, Philip has been like, what, what I think this has done for so many people is, is it has given your average floor employee who used to be on the floor in a cube with a headset on with 22 other people making dials, right? Calling customers, taking inbounds from customers, it's given them the same experience that your like executive in the corner office has had, which is close the door, have some quiet, you have your own little coffee maker. And so I think for a lot of us, there's this new appreciation for what that can be like, right? How can you work productively? How can you stay focused? And, um, and I think you know, the challenge becomes now is how do we digitally engage? Right. That's the challenge. The challenge is just how do you recreate the water cooler uh, and the and the you know walking the floor and the break room. Good Lord. None of us want to do another Friday happy hour together like we did the first three months. You know, there isn't a single human who wants to sit on Zoom with 42 Hollywood squares and, you know, have a cocktail and pretend like this is comfortable. Yeah, um, it's weird. But, you know, in year three of most of us still being in a either a home or, or a hybrid situation, it's digital engagement. It is yeah. how do you engage the people? And I don't mean happy hours and having clowns in and doing that, you know, the fun stuff. I'm talking about how do you do that on a day-to-day -day basis? That's the challenge, the challenge that we're all up against. Hey, C-Sweet and Sour listeners, it's Haley here from Align. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I just wanted to jump in with some exciting news. We have a new limited time promotion for listeners. You can get 10% off your first year of the Align software with the promo code NOTSOUR10. Align is a strategic planning and execution management software designed to help businesses achieve their goals faster. To get started, go to aligntoday.com slash demo and complete the form to book your demo today. Again, the code is not sour 10. Now back to the episode. You know, my, my suspicion that is backed up by zero data would be leaders who are intentional about their digital engagement have high performing remote teams and high performing hybrid teams. and uh, leaders who ignore that are probably struggling right now. And then, you know, on the, on the hybrid side, for those of us that are going in, again, suspicion backed by zero data and facts, which is exactly what you want on a podcast. Companies that forced their teams to come in three days a week may be struggling with some of that, you know, high performer attrition or, you know, resentment towards executive team that made that call and the teams that offered a place for those who need to get out of their house to go are probably seeing some high performance. Those are just suspicions. 
Yes, they're, they're a little bit more than that. I, I've seen I've seen enough articles lately uh, with actual data behind them uh, saying very, very similar things. I, I think the only issue I have with like all these articles is they're kind of based off of what I feel. Again, this might be actually dataless uh, information, but uh, baseless data. But I, I feel it's kind of what people want to hear. And when it comes to legitimately uh, what works for your business, you need to test it out, right? You can have Forbes or or, or Harvard Business uh, Business uh, Mag tell you one thing, but at the end of the day, if you have a bunch of people that like being together, right, before the pandemic, and now you're telling them, listen, and they did okay, I guess, uh, during the pandemic because they had no choice. And now that they have the opportunity to come back, I'm seeing a lot of companies having these mixed feelings about it and and mixed outcomes. So companies that did really well before coming back in doing really, really well now, even better than they did during the pandemic when they couldn't. And one's saying, hey, listen, we're now doing better and we're forcing you back. And then they're doing horribly, right? There's like, these, there's, there's so many scenarios. So my my answer to anybody who's listening right now, uh, hopefully it's more than than last time, is that try things out. Try things. Talk to your team and utilize your team. Like you have to listen to them. Yeah. One, one of my core leadership principles is, is just conceptually is, you know, partnership versus prescription. And the prescription mm-hmm. right now tastes really bad for people who have been home or who have made arrangements or who have gotten their physical wellness together because they can go to the gym on lunch or they have one in their garage yep. or whatever. And that yep. prescription is, is, you know, it doesn't taste good. And partnership here means a lot. And it's a balance, right? You know, I, you know, I, I have, I have uh, made a career shift, you know, mid mid pandemic hybrid. And so I've seen kind of both sides and, you know, it's a challenge for companies thinking about real estate costs. And if you just allow people to come and go as they please, it's an expensive endeavor. And so is forcing people to go to an office they don't want to go to and losing 10, 20, 30%, or maybe just one key performer, right? That could be a really expensive choice. It's tricky, right? It's it's a balance. And, And I think to your point on the articles that are out there, we just go find the one that supports our narrative. Right. We have one on both <laughs> That's sides. my point. And, and you got an executive who's like, dang it, we need to be in the office. And you just go find that article and you blast it to everybody. And then you find one who says, no, it's hybrid. And you find that article, right? And and you're going to yeah. alienate somebody on either side. There's somebody who's probably watching this at their kitchen table on a laptop on a set of stack of books. And they're like, I need to get the heck out of here. And then you got somebody like me who's sitting in this cushy big room and I've got all my screens and monitors and I'm drinking my cold monster from my office and my dog's here. This feels great to me, right? And if someone told me to come to the office, I may take you know offense to that, right? I might be like, hey, look, yeah. I don't know, right? So th- this is a challenging time. And for us, it's about just adapting. It's about adapting and being intentional. And I think we're just missing the intentionality. I think we're yeah. still halfway on both sides. Ah, I don't know. I don't really know. Just, we just got to do the thing. We got to get the strategy. We got to go. And people are going. And we're leaving the folks behind. The teams are getting left behind because nobody's being intentional about. Hey, we gotta, we gotta change. Yeah, I, I think, I think that the, the best thing to do is to to look again, look actually at the data. Meaning, if you're seeing that we're doing well in the situation that we're in right now, let it be. Yep. Right. If we're good, if if we're if we're we're reaching our goals that we've we've uh, we've decided on, and we're do, we're successful, why force people in? It's working. I don't want to go too extreme and say let them work. F- you know the, the 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 two different jobs, right, or whatever. Right now, there's like this whole uh, thing yeah, yeah. where they're they're doing a couple jobs at once. Yeah, well, you know what? If what you're giving your team 
is working out, let them work five different jobs. Exactly. Well, chat GPT is going to take all of our jobs soon anyways. So I'm going to be hanging out by the pool soon. That's my hope. Yes. Yes. Ho- hopefully, yeah. hopefully investing in, in, in open AI. It's funny that you brought that up. Before we started this podcast, I actually used uh, 11 Labs AI voice, uh, a voice uh, creator, text to, to, text to voice. And uh, it sounded really, really good. So uh, again, maybe maybe Eleven Labs can uh, sponsor us next time. Yeah, uh, but, that. uh, that's good. That's a nice lead-in. I mean, we're gonna be, <laughs> we're gonna be working for them soon, anyways. The AI box is gonna be telling us where to be. So yeah, we love you. We love you all. I, I I've always treated my computer nicely. I cleaned. You know, even when it was it was it was the nineties, I would clean my uh, my tower uh, okay. frequently. Perfect. So if you're hearing me, which you probably will in about 10, 20 years from now. I love you. Um, <laughs> going back to humans, let's talk about them. There are many and they're all different. Yeah. It's become very difficult to separate the political correctness with uh, DEI in general. Yeah. But I want us to try, even though it's really hard for me, uh, I want us to try or work towards, because we don't like saying try to line here. Let's work towards doing that. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about why diverse teams are good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it is a very tricky conversation for a lot of us because there are many, uh, like myself, who trust data that says diverse teams flat out perform more often. They are happier, more engaged, more productive, more effective, and bring more value. Yeah. And, you know, there are challenges to to that. And that is, you know, the good news, back to kind of the hybrid remote, is that it is breaking down barriers of local populations that did exist in the past that we can hire remotely, um, but it's challenging. And it's a fine line to walk for a company to go swing too far where you might feel like you're alienating some of your population while bringing in others. And so it's a really challenging environment for everybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, I believe genuinely that there is pure intent and, and it's a fine line. It's a really challenging time for us to surface it. They are needed discussions. And, and for me, I just, again, I, I, I do my entire job. My entire job is based on data-driven. There's no yeah. data I've ever seen that says this is the wrong move. That doesn't yeah. make it easy. That doesn't make it yeah. simple. I think, you know, again, my, you know, my, my favorite leadership word is intentionality. It's about intention. And um, if you are intentionally seeking diverse teams and thinking about how that will bring better experience for your customers, a better working environment, a place where everybody can see, feel seen, feel heard, see themselves is the place that I want to do my career. Full stop. Doesn't mean it's easy. For sure. I, I've gone back and forth. Again, I don't want to say necessarily the, the political spectra, spectrum when it comes to this, but when it comes to how I see hiring in general. So my initial, when I was younger and I was like, listen, I just want people that can do the job. But when I was hiring, what ended up happening was I, I, I brought on people that I thought were more like me, right? Just, yeah. just right off the bat. And I was like, yeah, cause I want to feel, I want to feel more comfortable, yep. right? Which is probably like the worst thing to do. Right. Sure. Comfortable, comfortable is bad. Yeah. Comfort, you're comfortable. You don't, you don't, you don't change. You don't get better. We will be back after this short message. of businesses fail, 10% don't. Here's why. Plans fail when you don't have the right systems and software in place. 
This is why we built Align, a strategic growth management software that allows you to share real-time updates and eliminate miscommunication. Align is an easy-to-use, cloud-based software with features like daily huddles, KPI dashboards, software integrations, and so much more. You can see your company's priorities, critical numbers, goals and tasks while holding everyone accountable. And all this in the palm of your hand with our mobile app. So what are your next steps? It's simple. Learn more about Align by requesting a demo at aligntoday.com. Let us make sure we land you in that 10%. Align, achieve big goals faster. As things move forward and I started realizing what it means to actually have a diverse, have a diverse team, and people that have had different experiences in their lives was that those clashes are what, like I said, are what create the the movement forward or what create the change, what, 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 what spark good ideas. And even though maybe I'm somebody who's, well, obviously everybody who's listening to this podcast and everybody's worked with me, I'm an extrovert. I'm, my whole life was pretty much pretty easy. Like, except for the army part, which kind of the military part, which kind of slapped me in, 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 in place uh, and put me in perspective. I was, I'd served for three and a half years in the IDF. Uh, and it was, it was a, it was a mind opening thing. Uh, but even, even after that, it, it going through the process and, and seeing that having different types of people in the room, regardless of, you know, skin color, gender, uh, all that, all those things, having that diversity actually helps. And I used to think it doesn't matter. It actually helps. And it, and, and I'm so upset at my old self yep. <laughs> think that I, that what I was doing is like, yeah, I just want to, everybody to be okay with everybody. And yeah. just like, no, no, they, there have to be these clashes, even though what I'm seeing now with diverse uh, uh, groups is there isn't necessarily clashes when it comes to work. Maybe you're, you're again, again, political or your ideology is a little bit different. And then, but if you all realize that everybody's here for a specific reason, to do better, to, you know, increase revenue, uh, you know, get more leads, build a better product, all those things, you, you're able to kind of push those things out of the way, but still have them there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like still have those, 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 those different, those different thought processes in place. It, it's, it's, you know, simple, not easy. Easy is everybody's <laughs> lined up single file. Get behind me. I'll lead us through this. And it is a much stronger line to be shoulder to shoulder. And, you know, I yeah. think the diversity in teams, diversity in thinking, diversity in background, it just creates a stronger mesh. The fabric of a team and a business is stronger yeah. that way. I would say that I was less conscious of diversity earlier in my career and, and just not, not even a, a rate as something on my radar one way or the other. And, and I, I would just say, again, like being data-driven, like as you see that, and I just think back about my teams that had a more diverse background and all of the different ways that your background can be has always outperformed in every way. And most important in the, do I want to show up here with this squad? That piece of it is so important. I just yeah. believe happy, engaged employees that are all running towards this shared goal is the kind of Valhalla of business. And revenue numbers and even the numbers be damned, if you've got a group of people that are, that are going after a shared goal, that is really hard to stop. That is, you know, and, yeah. and people show up different and they bring people in their referral networks that are different. And it just feeds on itself to get fuel positivity and to have that, to, to people have an environment to go, yeah, this is where I want to do my career. Because we're at a place now, especially again, tying back to the, to the you know, hybrid COVID impacts, people can do their careers and wherever they wanted to. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I live in the Phoenix area. This is not a tech mecca. So I would have had limited choices of where I would do my tech career. Should I stay in SaaS? And sure, there's 10, 15 big you know, slides, names on the NASCAR slide, but there isn't 500. And, yeah. um, and so if I wanted to be in Phoenix and do that, I would have to choose from one of the 15 names here. And I don't have to choose that anymore. And I would have had that's to right. choose that earlier, right? And that's the same for a lot of people. So I think that will drive a different type of employee showing up, a different type of experience. And while the recent tech layoffs may have changed the dynamic, I still believe that the power is with the employee to choose where they want to do their career. And that may or may not have been the case three years ago. We will touch on the on, on unemployment rate and this weird thing that's happening right now with it being incredibly low and, and that. But I, I, w- I want to keep continue on this uh, one more step with when it comes to uh, DEI. Right. And something that I personally struggle with a lot is is the generational gaps. I've had struggles. I'll say it with the generation generational gap. Uh, I, I'm working. I'm working on being better with Gen Z. And I was wondering uh, what your thoughts were on that. And I'll just chime in because uh, I feel like you're probably better to talk about this than I am. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I would say I find I find it fascinating to to see how you how you can almost see and watch how generations have grown up and how that manifests yep. in their day to day. Yeah. And, you know, my current team I'll use as an example is very age diverse and experience diverse. We've got quite a few folks that are in year 30 of their career, mm-hmm. uh, probably not a lot of year threes, but definitely a lot of year tens. The way they show up is is so different and what motivates them is so different. And, you know, I just believe that, you know, one dimensional leadership especially for those of us in these seats where people are looking to you for direction, guidance, mentorship, one, one dimensional leadership. If you have one way that you show up, you're missing 66%. I just think there's like three different personas of employees. That's probably a little general, but if you show up a one way, 33% of your people are going to love your flavor. This is my stuff. I love it. Jeff's the best. And 66% are going to be like, he's an asshole. And and so, like, I just think this, you know, having a, a multi-dimensional approach to leadership, and that is adopting your approach and, and empathy towards generational and whatever you know background it may be, is is so important. But I, you know, for me, I just find it more fascinating. Thankfully, I'm in a spot where you know my career is not necessarily me in a spreadsheet anymore with the same kind of deadlines, um, and I am instead motivating an army of people to go after something, and so. But when I think about the generational you know, differences and how people show up that are you know, boomers versus Gen Zs and Xs, I, I just find it a fascinating social experiment. And uh, you know, what, an, what an honor for us as leaders to be able to go into this you know, work environment today and go out. Like, I might be able to move both of these people with different means. What I got out of you talking right now was, was the exact same thing, understanding these different types of personas and even maybe speaking to one another about it and 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 making sure that it's it's a part of your conversations and i think that that'll help a lot with 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 just leading totally. and, and and you know being intentional yeah my one of my lead, you know, i have these kind of core competencies as leaders that i project to the teams and one of the things that i say is like we can just talk about it and yeah. i want to create an environment where we can just talk about the things that other people don't talk about other leaders don't talk about this is objective-based and tactical, and where's the thing? Here's the KPIs, and where are we at? And and being able to just talk about it is 
being able to just talk about, hey, this approach that I take to business or my career may be different, right? Yeah. And I might be in a different season of my life. I might be in a different season of this year of my career, right? I don't look at a calendar. I look at seasons. And we don't get to choose our seasons. You might have a brand new baby, a seven-day-old baby at home, which is very different. I just dropped off a sixth grader and a fourth grader at school, and they don't <laughs> need me today, right? And so that's a very different season of life. And yeah. And, and then you, you may have somebody who's, you know, adult children are going to college across the other side of the country. And, and then you might have somebody who is, like you said, maybe they're a Gen Z and they're stuck at home for the first time, in, you know, in this hybrid remote world. And it's a totally different approach. And yeah. I think just you know, having that environment created where we can just talk about it. What does that look like for me? How does that manifest for me? I saw this behavior in somebody else. I think just creates that trust and bond, right? It's back to that fabric and mesh of people lined up shoulder to shoulder instead of single file. Yeah, it always seems to, to come back to to that. Like you said, it's uh, shoulder to shoulder. It's it's great. And I, I love that this motif keeps coming back in these episodes. Let's talk about the unemployment rate because I personally don't understand how this is working out. <laughs> We're at, at like a 50-year low, which is amazing. On the other hand, we have layoffs left and right, like a lot of layoffs left and right. How does that work? Yep. I have a theory on this, Philip. So let me give me a minute. Let me wax poetically about my thought. Let's you go. Know, you know, I've been traveling more the last six months than I have, you know, in the last few years, both professionally and personally. And you have this fascinating, you know, dynamic going on where, you know, again, I live in Phoenix, Sky Harbor, fantastic airport. I love it. I've traveled very extensively my whole career. It's one of my favorite airports. Asterisk. Our restaurants in our airport are almost not open because they don't have help. So you will have half of the restaurants open half of the time with a half menu because there's one cook and two servers and there should be four cooks and four servers. And this is a very busy airport, especially like we had the Super Bowl here last weekend and we had waste management, Phoenix open. So like this is a really high performing, like very busy airport. I'm using the airport as just as my kind of metaphor. Sure. And, and, I, and back to what we just talked about a minute ago is I believe that folks who were, air quotes, forced into a butt-in-seat job in the past because of their geographic location are now not limited to that any longer. Right. So rather than being a server at the bar at Sky Harbor Airport here in Phoenix, I may be able to take a job working customer support, customer success, pick a thing at my home office, at my kitchen table for a company in Toronto that I couldn't have worked for before. And I couldn't have moved to Toronto because my kids live here with their mother and here, you know, here's my grandfather's here and he's ill. And I just think that there's been this reduction of borders, uh, you know, this geographic kind of fencing that happened to all of us and people who couldn't work in tech or remote or any sort of like, this is an office type job now can so we're struggling with some of these service industry jobs. And so we've hired all these folks. We as business leaders, and especially in tech and SaaS companies, have overhired because we're booming, we're busy, this is the new environment, this is the new us, and here we are, right? We can't control the macroeconomic conditions. You know, my other perspective is I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of these layoffs we're seeing, and shoot, I mean, we've probably... There's probably been 40,000 people laid off since we started this podcast half hour. M- m- probably. That's like, what it seems like. Like uh, not, not being exact, not no, exaggerating. It, 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 possibly, yeah. It, it's insane right now. And, and, you know, I just keep wondering, are we preparing for winter to come? Is winter here? 
Are we really feeling the effects? Are we preparing? Are we building a moat? Are we you, like now it's fashionable? It's okay, right? You have all these big private equities or probably forcing companies and saying, hey, this is a great time to get lean. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer. I know the businesses I've been around are concerned, but not yet nose diving, right? And so it's like, where are we at really? Where are we on that spectrum? Is this, you know, is this a protective measure? Are we following the lead of others? Or are we really feeling the effects of inflation, supply chain, macroeconomic, mortgage rates? Yet, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not clearly not smart enough for that. I'd be in a different job. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is a fascinating dynamic to watch and think through and what lens that is and how much does, how much does the impact of COVID going remote, people having more options, how much is that impacting this? I mean, somebody, somebody's going to go to Wharton, shout out to my, my uh, MBA alma mater. Someone's going to go right. to Wharton in 10 years and they're going to have a fascinating business case to study with COVID, market, car prices, hybrid, remote, the recession, the tech recession of 22, the layoffs of 23, the resurgence of new small businesses that came out of this macroeconomic environment in 23 and yeah. 24. And in 2024, it's absolutely inevitable. History never lies. There will be a whole bunch of new kick-ass SaaS companies that come out because some guy like me got laid off and said, I'm done doing this. I got to put food on my table. I've been waiting and here's my chance. And you know, and for all of us that are out there, if you're watching this and you're maybe one of the impacted folks, good news. There are hundreds of thousands of people that are being turned right now because of this environment we're in. And we know yeah. it's not performance-based. Getting laid off five years ago might have been a you know, red mark on your resume. Right now, yeah. it's 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that. I, I love you just what you said about the person that got laid off and needs to put money on the table and then this diamond comes out and, the, and I like, I like, how is, how are diamonds created, right? Through pressure, right? And that's, and that's how I, how I see it. I'm a great example for that. Uh, I was in the, uh, before this position at Align, I was uh, in the crypto space. Yep. I was brought on, they double hired. So they wanted to bring somebody as a head of growth. Yep. They did. And they said, listen, Phil, we really liked you. We want you also as the head of growth but for a different region because yep. they decided, okay, let's, let, we're going to, let's, let's expand. And this was, this was uh, uh, late 2021, uh, November, December ish. When I think we're at, we're at Bitcoin was at 75, something like that, something crazy. Yep. And six, seven months later, it was like, Philip, we're sorry. Uh, we don't have a budget for you anymore. Uh, we got to let you go. The and then is. the rest of the team about two months later, the world has changed. Right. And like, goodness, how fast have, have all of these shifts been? You know, I think it's a good reminder for all of us, too. You think about how fast the world changed uh, when COVID started, you know, those first two, three, four weeks in, in yeah. insane. And then how fast the, when the mortgage rates started going up, how fast the real estate market can change and then keep going on all these knock on effects of how fast this can happen. Again, what what a good career reminder to continue to invest in ourselves and develop in ourselves. I, I don't believe these companies have ill will. I don't believe anybody is out here laughing. I don't think any of these CEOs, whether that's the guy crying on the podcast or it's the one that you know did it wrong on the on the yeah. you know Zoom meeting, I don't think yeah. there's ill intentions anywhere. That doesn't feel good. And so, you know, a good reminder for us, like it's it is you know is a time for us as as humans, as employees, professionals, to invest in ourselves. The, the transition and evolution of us is the most important. We are still the product, no matter what. 
you know, the yeah. demand will ebb and flow for us and where we're needed based on these trends. But every every time in history we've had these, you know, downturns and lulls, there has been a roaring effect afterwards. And you know, I think for a moment we thought maybe we were through the COVID impact and onto the roaring twenties. And we are certainly not there. It's coming. And and you know, this is a great time to get in shape before your vacation. Right. Like it's coming. And, and uh, what a better time to work on your you know, mental wellness, your physical health and certainly your professional health and, and think through that lens. Yeah. Off of that, what, what do you do? Uh, what do you personally do for, for mental health and physical yeah. health? Yeah. The number one thing I do for my mental health is go to the gym and lift weights. Uh, there you go. So it's kind of both. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Two and one. Yeah. I don't even care about the physical benefit. It is my mental sanctuary. Uh, I have started therapy uh, and I'm happy to share that and try to destigmatize for that for people. I think that's such a stigma in our culture and I don't want it to be that way. Yeah. I've started therapy, which has been wonderful for me in a lot of ways and challenging. But um, but those are the two things that I would say have, have been you know my, my mental kind of North Star through the last few years is I, I can have a direct correlation when my workouts decrease because my schedule gets busy or my kids, or my wife or my thing, whatever, fill in the blank my mental health suffers. And so I'm a gym rat and that's my space. What, what I think is really exciting is, you know, on that topic. And I spent, I actually spent four years working in the wellness industry recently. Um, and so I got closer to the space and to people who are in that space. One of the things that's been, you know, again, like I'll go back to my first comment about what, what was taken from us in COVID during, you know, the impacts of COVID been massive, but what's been given to us is, all of this digital content is available and digital connectivity between humans has been created. I am seeing such a surge in content and focus on mental wellness and mental health, you know, thinking about your relationships and, you know, trauma, your childhood trauma, all the things that just were so taboo five years ago are, are now, you know, the curtain is coming down and it's getting to be okay for us to say, Hey, I'm going to therapy and it's great. I tell my kids that I say, you know, they'll go, dad, why are you going to therapy? I'm like the same reason I go to the gym. I go to the gym for my body and I go to therapy for my brain. And like, I want my kids to know that that's okay. And to destigmatize that. And I think for all of us, if you're out there listening, man, we'll take a pill for anything. We'll take a pill for anything. Oh, I got my thing hurt, overweight. But like, for whatever reason, our mental health, our brain is this like, you know, it's sacred thing. We don't really want to do that because then we're admitting failure. And it's like, I don't think that's the right approach at all. I think I want to do anything I can to be as well as I can be. So that's what I've been doing is just focusing on, you know, getting myself into the gym so that that's my, you know, that's my mental sanctuary and just destigmatizing, telling people I'm not okay when I'm not okay. And, you know, that's the first time in my 41 years that I've done that. And I'll thank COVID for the kind of, you know, pulling the curtain back a bit and saying, hey, look, like we're all just humans here where there's a lot more similarities than there are differences. Yeah, if there's one thing I'm, I'm I'm worried about when what I am worried about, I think COVID kind of blew up through through gas on the fire was the the, the FOMO aspect of things because everybody was uh, online on Instagram on TikTok on everything because the algorithm is doing what the algorithm does shows yeah. us what we want to see. Yeah. You know, you'd see a lot of people doing these, uh, being incredibly successful, incredibly, there wasn't enough, or maybe for whatever reason, most people's algorithm didn't show the people that were struggling and how they got better. Yep. And I I think that affected a lot of people. I don't think, I know. I know that affected a lot of people. What I'm hoping is, and, and, you know, with you talking about this right now, 
people understanding that it's it's okay to get help, right? I I I talked about I talked about this in the beginning about the fact that I don't like getting uh, charity per yeah, se. Yeah. But was was that recorded? I don't remember yeah, if it was there or not. Gone, yeah. All right. Anyway, whatever. It's okay to get help. It doesn't make you less of a person if you are you know getting that help. It actually makes the other person helping you feel good. It does. So if you're having a problem with somebody helping you out, remember you're helping them out as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, we we give ourselves no grace and we give everyone else grace. I define grace as giving people what they need, not what they deserve, right? That is grace for me. We give ourselves no grace. We never give ourselves what we need. We give yeah. ourselves what I deserve. Oh, you, and we point in the mirror, we look at ourselves, and, hey, you're such a fill in the blank. And this is a great time for that. You know, and I think you're right about the social media. I, you know, I have a really strong perspective on this um, and tell Zuckerberg, he can at me. Turn that <laughs> shit off, all of it. Instagram, TikTok, go away. Human connection, your family, your friends, it's just so much more important. Comparison is the thief of joy. And all, all that does for us is, is, you know, create comparison. And even like, you know, I look at like things like YouTube, it's so resourceful, there's so much information there. And, you know, over time that has also shifted to a thing. It's just a longer version of the same TikToks of like, oh yeah, look at them, you know, jumping off a cliff in Hawaii while you sit on your couch struggling with your mental health. Yeah. And it's like, no, there's a lot more of us struggling with our mental health on our couch than there are jumping off a cliff in Hawaii. And yeah. um, it helps all of us to just raise our hand and say, hey, look, I need a tribe to do this life with. I need a group of people to actually do this and I can't live scrolling through my algorithm. Um, I, that stuff is garbage. It is so bad for us. So turn it off. Yeah. Listening, take a break and do it for a day. Yes. Do it for 24 hours. Whoever you're listening, do it for 24 hours and see how many yeah. times you reach for your phone to push that button. Yeah, yeah, I removed Facebook from my, from, from, it just became so toxic, especially during the pandemic. Yeah. I just, I just couldn't anymore. Uh, it, it became the cesspool of, of right hating left. And uh, like, yep. listen, if you would be in a room together, you'd probably find more things in common than, than not. A hundred percent. You'd never talk that way. And you know, you watch people, they follow celebrities, you, you watch, you know, they talking like you got some, you know, 13 year old kid in Indiana who's on, you know, Instagram talking trash to LeBron James. And if LeBron James walked into the room where that kid was, he would have the biggest eyes and he'd have his hand for a signature. Autograph, yeah. And it just the anonymity of that is so, uh, is so unhealthy. And so <sighs> sitting on your couch scrolling, you know, watching some life that someone has curated to make it look this certain way. It is, uh, I, if we could move, remove one thing in the world for me, it would be that. I would say yeah, it's like, there's, a, there's a content filter and the only content you can have is something that helps somebody build something, learn something. Like if it's not helpful content, that's the filter we need. Not, you know, not hate speech. We need to be like, listen, it's all gone. All this crap is out of here. That's actually a good idea. What it, There should be the either, either you, you renew what we're doing right now with like Instagram and TikTok, yeah. whatever. The first question they ask is what do you need and not what do you like? That's right. Like, what are you struggling with? Got it. That's right. That should be the first question for the for the yep. um, KYC. Yep, you got it. Right? <laughs> I believe so much in positivity and positive content. What we consume, you know, just controls our thoughts. I don't watch the news anymore because I don't want to consume garbage. I certainly wouldn't turn on Fox News. I would never go on Facebook because of that. And people, you know, I get a lot of, I get people that kind of like, this is really strange, Philip, listen to this. I have people often who are like, Oh, you're so positive. You wake up in the morning and you got all this positivity. And I'm like, yeah, guess what? I didn't watch that trash last night. I went to bed at nine o'clock. I'm well rested. I didn't watch any of the negative news. I didn't see anybody slinging shit over the Republican Democrat line or which country 
well, who's doing what? And, and it, it breeds positivity in your mindset. And yeah. we just consume so much crap and a lot of it comes through social media. Um, so, I, you know, for me, watch what you consume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's pull it back to leadership a bit. Uh, cool. We've got, we gone off of the agenda, which is which I like, but uh, let's let's bring it back. Nope. When it comes to, by the way, before I get into that, I think John Krasinski was trying to do something like that. The guy from The Office, yeah. Uh, yeah. also, uh, I think he was trying to do something like Today in the World or something like that. I forgot what it was. He was, he was trying to do something like that. Uh, I don't know what happened to it. I think he it, they, they changed the host, and then it just because it's not cool. John. So good. For somebody who wants to be, who, who, you know, five years from now wants to be in our position, right, where we're able to, to lead a team, what are some things you, would, you think would be, uh, they, they should look into or kind of concentrate on to become the leader yep. that everybody wants? Yep. <clears throat> yeah, that's a great question. I, I get it a lot, actually, or, or maybe I project it a lot. So okay. I have this one almost rehearsed. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> a family, family friend of mine, one of my best friends, aunt, her name is Jane. She wrote a book called Impact Without Authority. And it's a, it's a whole book about how you don't have to be a manager to have impact uh, in a business. And so I think of leadership and management as very different things. And most people aspire to be a leader, but they practice being a manager. Oh, I got to get the time card and I'm going to set the strategy and the check boxes and I'm going to micromanage everybody. That's what it means to be a leader. And it's the reality is, is leadership is about influence and persuasion and your ability to galvanize an idea, create a coalition of the willing. And if you can influence people to become a coalition of the willing, these people are coming together under a shared postcard that has been painted by me, an aspiring leader, and I can motivate people who I don't actually have the authority in the business setting. That's the space that people can start. And so there's a little like, a, there's like this old adage, people like, I used to train martial arts for a long time. And I would, I, people would always be like, oh, that's so cool. I want to do jujitsu. I'm going to lose 20 pounds and then I'm going to show up to your gym and I'm going to do it with you. And I'd be like, huh. Actually, how about show up today and do that, right? And, and, and I think a lot of young, aspiring leaders take that mindset. They think, well, as soon as I become a manager right, on the org chart, then yeah. I will start to do these things or expose these behaviors or practice the stuff. And for me, it's just like you, you have an opportunity every day. I don't care if it's your third day out of college to lead, lead a project, lead a program, and so back to my favorite word of leadership, intentionality, it's about intentionally building a toolkit of how can you influence people? How can you paint a vision, right? And, you know, my whole role today is to paint a postcard and to say, look, like we're looking at Maui, we're up at this perspective, we're looking down at the beach, there's some people surfing, I see a paddleboard, there's Molokai in the background, beautiful sunset. Um, and my job is not to give the GPS coordinates from where we are, how to get down there, is to paint a postcard and say, man, how great is it going to be when we stand arm in arm on the beach and watch the waves roll in and go, we did. I don't yeah. know how we do it. I don't know how we get there. I don't know if we take a bike or we paraglide or we're going to right, we're gonna rent our rented Mustang, um, whatever it is. That sounds nice. The Mustang yeah, sounds nice. Yeah, that's not my <laughs> job, right? My job is to paint a postcard and, and galvanize people around the idea of going after it. And I think people don't, they underestimate their ability to do that until they have a manager title or someone that reports to them on a org chart in the back office system. So if you're a young leader or an aspiring leader, I would say to remember that every stage of the stage, every opportunity is an opportunity and you can lead projects, programs, SWAT teams, special projects, 
your own peer groups, your teammates, and you can lead your manager. So, so start and be intentional about it and don't be embarrassed to be intentional. People are like, well, I got to be quiet. I got to keep the thing. And it's like, no, no, go after it, make go, you know, go after it. And you can have impact without the authority to do so. Um, and people will want to be behind you. Right. I, you know, I think a, a big cruise liner cruising through the ocean in the front of the, in the front of the boat, there's huge waves, right. And behind the boat is smooth waters and a wake. And your job as a leader should be to be the cruise liner and create a wake behind you for smooth waters for people to operate in. And you don't have to have a title that says, I am a people manager to create a wake behind you. You have to create smooth waters for people to operate. It's just simply easier to, to navigate your boat or your water skis or your whatever in smooth waters instead of the chop that goes out there to the rest of the world. I love that, Jeff. We're pretty much done. As much as I'd love to keep talking to you about this stuff, uh, we might do it offline. I'm definitely keeping in touch. I, I love everything that was talked about today. And everybody else there, everybody else is listening. If you feel anything here has touched you and could potentially touch one of your colleagues, please, please share this episode. This episode. There are a few things in, in this episode that I that were a little bit beyond leadership, which I think other people should, regardless of where they are on the hierarchy scale of business. Uh, should hear and 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 appreciate. So please, please do uh, for the sake of everybody. Jeff, thank you so so much. Had a great, had a blast. Yeah, I hope you did as well. It's beautiful. Thank you. And you know, you know, I just say thanks from all of us for having a space where the swim lanes can breathe. I think some of these types of conversations get too structured, and it becomes an interview of let me tell you what I've done in my career. Um, we were all tired of hearing that. And so, you know, kind of back, tying back and, you know, put a bow on it. We talked about the availability of content and the availability of development material to get better. Um, thanks for creating a space for that and continue to do that. And let's not go back to the structured, you know, hard cement pool walls that don't breathe. Um, this is a really nice way for people to bump into really cool content. Maybe they'll find something that inspires them to go, you know, be their best then. Yeah, the world's changing for the better. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much. On that note, have a great day, everybody, and let's get shit done. BSD. Thanks, guys.